Sun right now with Jim Dawes. On the Mojo 5.0 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes or shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, greetings, Mojo Five O listeners from sunny South Florida. We're awaiting the arrival of uh, Dorian down here, who uh, is stalled out in the Caribbean, uh, just hammering the Bahamas. It has increased a Category 5 hurricane and has stalled. It's creeping along at just one mile an hour. It was originally expected to be on the Florida coast uh, last night, but uh, it's still over in the Bahamas, and it is just hammering the northern Bahamian islands of uh, Marsh Harbor and Abco. Uh, and the storm surge has truly been devastating for those poor folks. So uh, say a prayer for those people and... Um, and uh, for uh, the the next target of uh, Dorian, uh, we Floridians uh, down here, they're saying they're still saying that uh, it is going to wheel to the right and head north, skirting the Florida coast, uh, maybe even stay offshore by about sixty miles. That would uh, that would leave us with tropical uh, storm uh, weather here uh, on the coast of Florida, but it would uh, would spare us uh, a truly devastating direct hit from Dorian. Uh, they're expecting that if, in fact, it does wheel to the right, that we'll have uh, anywhere between 50 and 80 mile an hour sustained winds uh, and maybe even gusts uh, uh, up to 100. But uh, that is, um, you know, uh, the type of hurricane that uh, Florida is is well able to uh, weather, uh, so to speak, and um, and we're prepared for that. I was out running around uh, yesterday, just putting in uh, just some odds and ends, uh, preparing for the hurricane, and I noticed that uh, they have hundreds of line trucks staged uh, at the airport, and uh, and are uh, ready to deal with the power outages. So um, I don't, I didn't believe the uh, forecast when they said that uh, it was going to make a direct hit on Florida. I don't believe those now that say that it is going to wheel to the right uh, unless and until it uh, in fact starts making that turn. We really uh, don't know what will happen. Um, But the news media has wasted no time in claiming that um, Hurricane Dorian is yet more proof that climate change is real and that we must enact this $14 trillion Green New Deal if we're to avoid hurricanes. We, we're going to change the weather, according to the Democrats. 
by getting out of our SUVs, doing away with fossil fuel, and um, <laughs> I guess going back to the Stone Age. And if you dare challenge them on whether or not you know these uh, these hurricanes are are uh, caused by climate change. They just totally lose their minds. They, they claim this is settled knowledge, that uh, it is not open to debate any longer. Well, just last week, uh, there was a, 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 a trial in the United Kingdom where a Pennsylvania uh, professor, he's not actually a climate scientist, his name is Michael Mann, uh, lost a lawsuit against an actual um, climate scientist named Dr. Tim Bell, who had challenged Dr. Mann's climate uh, warming assertions. Mann poses as a climatologist at Penn State University. He uh, he lost this case against Dr. Tim Bell, had it dismissed, and Mann was ordered to pay for court costs because man failed to produce any supporting evidence to prove that uh, his his models that show global temperatures taking a sharp upward upward turn during the industrial revolution and uh, and the fossil fuel age began he didn't do that because he can't because the fact is that the global warming he speaks of is a fantasy he has a long career of perpetuating this climate fraud and has been one of the main sources that that a lot of this uh, alarmism is based on. So just last week, man was uh, rebuked by a court and had his case dismissed because he failed to offer any supporting evidence. And now this week, we've got... Um, we've got the climate alarmists saying that uh, that this hurricane is because of global warming. You, you've got this talking head over there at CNN saying, uh, well, we know this. This is not open to, for debate anymore. Here are the facts. We know that the climate crisis is making hurricanes more dangerous. And here are the top ways listed in order of scientific confidence. The sea level rise is making storm surge more dangerous and making storms wetter, increasing the rainfall rate, as well as the amount of precipitation a storm can produce. Strong storms are getting even stronger because of warmer oceans. And storms are rapidly intensifying more frequently. So we are seeing this play out in real time with Hurricane Dorian, the strongest hurricane to ever hit the Bahamas on record. It is expected to bring a storm surge of 18 to 23 feet as it crawls over the region. And we are getting reports of major damage already happening on the Abaco Islands. You can see in this video residents looking for shelter as the hurricane's winds and rain cause the roof of their building to collapse. Sea level rise, she says. There has been no sea level rise. Uh, they just, at this point, they're just making stuff up. And you notice that they jump on, every time a hurricane comes along, they jump on it as proof that uh, there's climate change. Well, there was a, a, a what is it, six or eight year period, I, I guess up until, uh, from 2006 up until 2000 and, uh, 
and I think it was 2014, eight-year period, where there were no Category 3 hurricanes anywhere on the planet. We went 14 years without a hurricane making landfall right here in Florida. You didn't see them all over saying, well, I guess they've canceled global warming because hurricanes have have uh, shown a historic decline. No, we don't, we don't know this whatsoever. Hurricanes have been hammering the Gulf Coast and the Atlantic coasts forever, and they will continue to do so, and you cannot use them as a confirmation bias for these climate alarmists. Recently, uh, the uh, NOAA, National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, um, they, they, uh, they came out with their new reading that, that shows that there has been no global warming for the past 14 years. The temperatures have not increased at all. And that was because uh, 14 years ago, they properly stationed uh, temperature monitoring um, stations uniformly sort of in the lower 48 states. And they took out the old um, monitoring stations from the data that had been overtaken by urbanization because these these old um Temperature monitoring stations had been shown to be located in areas that were um, that were being paved and built, and when you when you do that, you create heat islands, and they were giving artificial readings. But now that they've got um, monitoring stations that are properly positioned, they show that all of the old data was was skewed. Plus, we've got satellite uh, now uh, technology that's able to properly monitor these temperatures. And all of this uh, climate hysteria is, is turning out to be one massive hoax. But they will not be denied because the same Michael Mann is now downplaying the importance of the science and the, the actual data telling the Democrats that they are unnecessary because the impacts are obvious. This guy's at the Earth Science Earth System Science Center at Penn State. He spoke to a Democrat committee on June 17th in Phoenix and told the panel the signal of climate change is no longer subtle, it's obvious. Citing hurricanes. Citing the big, the big one in uh, in South Texas. Matthew He, uh, he didn't uh, mention this. It, it was actually a nine-year hurricane drought. There were no Category 3 hurricane uh, um, hurricanes starting in 2006 to 2015. And that, that was the longest period ever on record. So <laughs> now that his data has been debunked, he said, well, we don't need to look at the data any longer. It's obvious. All we have to do is pay attention to the uh, to the experts over there on CNN. The truth of the matter is, climate um, 
change, global warming hysteria has become a religion to these people. It is based on faith. They don't uh, any longer want to talk about data or actual science because the truth is catching up to them. And they're desperately trying to hide the fact that it was nothing more than a scam if if uh, the politicians actually believe their own climate change hype, they wouldn't be buying mansions on the coast. Barack Obama spent $15 million last month to buy a mansion just steps from uh, the, the coast on Martha's Vineyard. It's just a few feet above sea level. If he actually believed that we have 15 years... And if we don't do anything, that uh, climate change is going to overtake us, he wouldn't be doing that. Al Gore wouldn't be buying uh, beachfront property in California and in uh, Hawaii. The truth is that they've used this hysteria as a means to try to retake government power because, you know, the Republicans are in the position of having to actually deal with reality so the Democrats can just make stuff up. They want to change the way we get around. They want to change the food we eat. They want to do away with the the building blocks of modern civilization because they have become the high priests of global warming. And they're demanding that the rest of us just shut up and stop questioning their, their religion and to sacrifice modern um, life on their altar of global warming. But last week, a court in Great Britain proved that facts are stubborn things and that uh, if you're going to prove something as opposed to just hype it, you need to have facts to support it. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. Well, before we leave this topic of climate hysteria hypocrisy, I just wanted to point out the story of little Greta Stromberg. She's a 16-year-old Swedish girl and has become the darling and the, the face uh, 
of their global warming hysteria. They're, they're sort of uh, Sweden's global warming version of uh, David Hogg's uh, gun grabbing. Uh, you know, a, a young, fresh face that they can uh, they can use to try to uh, twist the mind of the younger generation. And uh, old Greta, um, she set out from her home in Sweden to come to New York City and attend a uh, United Nations climate change symposium. But Greta, being the good little uh, climate change uh, activist that she is, refused to take an airplane. And so a team of, uh, of lefties uh, sailed her over across uh, the Atlantic uh, on a, uh, a, a catamaran, a, a state-of-the-art uh, catamaran that, uh, you know, was uh, replete with solar panels and, and uh, uh, wind turbines to, <clears throat> to generate power. Excuse me. And it took her about two weeks to actually arrive in, in New York. And when she did, uh, you know, she was greeted like a conquering hero because she had refused to take an airplane. Well, what they didn't tell you is that the crew that sailed her over here promptly on arrival went to LaGuardia and all of them flew back to Europe. And at the same time that was happening, another crew was flying over from Europe to retrieve the sailboat and sail it back to Europe. (laughs) So to prevent Greta from getting on this airplane... Uh, you know, a round-trip ticket, they're going to uh, actually fly about 16 uh, one-way tickets. So I guess that would be the equivalent of eight round-trip tickets to, uh, to, to put up this, this little display. So I've got a, a montage here for you. It's, it's pretty funny. It's got... Uh, Greta, who all indications are she she may actually be a little slow and that they might just be using her. But it's got uh, this clip, got uh, the media just fawning and tripping all over themselves to praise this this young lady's um, global warming virtue. And ahoy, Greta! Teenage climate activist Greta Thunberg arrives in New York today with her campaign to save the planet. Go, Greta, go! Uh, Sorry, my brain is not working correctly. Um, I am so smitten with this little girl that keep reminding myself she's only 16. Let's not wait any longer. Let's do it now. Yes. Teenage activist Greta Thunberg, um, she's elevated the issue, I'd say, more than most. Some are calling it the Greta Thunberg effect. You could call it the Greta effect. I mean, of course, I I wish it, this was more not focused on me, but more as a whole. She's amazing yeah. and so committed at such a young age. At just 16 years old, it's incredible. And uh, when I became maybe 11, I became depressed, uh, and the climate crisis was a huge 
that. We have activists like Greta Thunberg. The youngest person on the list, 16-year-old Greta Thunberg. Like 16-year-old Greta Thunberg. And of course, different countries have different... Uh, what do you say? How do you say? Uh, different ways. And I love this little girl. She's so unapologetic and poised. I saw her speak in, in Stockholm, and she had the whole room mesmerized before she even opened her mouth. And that's why. Yeah, and. Yeah, I Thunberg became the unlikely leader of a global youth movement who call her the voice of the planet. Unlikely leader indeed. I'm not sure. Uh, unlikely voice of the planet indeed. I'm not exactly sure how they chose uh, this climate change spokesperson, but uh, from what I've seen, she's not terribly informed on the topic and nor uh, do, do her actions uh, make any sense. But you know, that's where we are. Uh, the truth of the matter is uh, we're going to have hurricanes this year. We may have hurricanes next year. Uh, there's very little, if anything, uh, humans can do about that. I don't think dropping a, a nuclear bomb in a hurricane is a very good idea either. But um, we're going we're gonna to hunker down, and if uh, if we're not on the air, Next week, uh, you'll know, or uh, for the remainder of this week, you'll know why. Here is the best actual um, weather forecast I was able to find uh, that may, uh, may calm your nerves just a bit. Hey, this is Tiger Grandma with another weather report. It's raining like hell. It's hot. It's It's humid. And there's a slight chance of a tornado tonight, and my plans got canceled. I had a date, but he's too chicken to drive in the rain, and I was planning on getting me some sausage, so I am actually pissed the off, and I'm going in the house. <laughs> oh, man. So... It's, uh, it's Labor Day, listeners, and uh, happy Labor Day to you and workers all across this country. Congratulations on uh, th- the first three years of the Trump economy that has put more workers uh, to work in this country than at any point in our history with record low unemployment and finally rising wages. You had old uh, uh, Trumpka appearing on uh, Fox News Sunday yesterday. And he was he he was denying the president any credit for this whatsoever, and saying that you know uh, real wages have have fallen behind because uh, housing prices and uh, health care costs have gone up. Well, there's no doubt about it; inflation is real. But prior to this uh, president uh, putting people back to work and creating competition in the labor markets. Uh, wages were stagnant as well, and we would have fallen even further behind. So uh, the the labor movement in this country that I used to be a part of, I was uh, I was president for the uh, city of Atlanta firefighters and for the state of Georgia firefighters at one point in the uh, IAFF, which is stupidly jumped in and endorsed Joe Biden. But the labor movement has been hijacked, become a partisan Democrat organization 
and no longer concerns itself as it should with the pocketbook issues that face American workers. They're too busy talking about uh, human rights and police brutality and environmentalism and all sorts of other things that uh, are not the core mission of the labor movement in this country. They ought to get back to representing American workers and they can start by endorsing Donald Trump for re-election in 2020. We got to run out to a break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to have an archived interview with Victor Davis Hanson. Stick with us on Right Now with Jim Dawes. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva paper towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva paper towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. And you're back on the Mojo 50 Radio Network, streaming live on iHeartRadio. On right now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Well, we're going to get to this uh, interview that I conducted with Victor Davis Hansen in just a little bit. I want to talk uh, some about Labor Day and uh, where we're at as working men and women in this country. Uh, the Democrat Party is going all in on free stuff. Uh, some of them are, in fact, offering a, a guaranteed income that you don't have to work for. The government's just going to send you a check. And even the ones that aren't uh, offering you to just to just pay you for doing nothing are saying that they're going to guarantee you a job with a guaranteed income of fifteen dollars an hour. Now, I'm not a uh, I don't, you know, oppose a minimum wage on principled grounds. I think there needs to be a floor uh, for, you know, a wage. I think it hasn't been updated in about 30 years. I'm not sure $15 an hour is realistic. I think what that would do is undercut uh, people trying to get into the workforce. And if you make uh, the wage too high, you will destroy jobs. There's no doubt about it. But uh, in this strong economy, I do think that uh, the uh, the minimum wage needs to be adjusted. It, it hasn't been adjusted in a very, very long time. But having said all that, uh, you cannot guarantee people a job like the Democrats are doing. If, if you do that, 
uh, you end up with what we see uh, down at the DMV and other government offices where it's nearly impossible to fire people, and that is no incentive to work. If you're guaranteed a job, <laughs> then, then how do you how do you enforce any sort of uh, discipline or demand uh, for productivity on the job site? Because if, even if they could fire you from that job, you're guaranteed a job, so you'll just go down the, the street to your next job. It's absurdity, like so many of the things that the Democrats are promising. It's absolutely ridiculous on its face. Bernie Sanders was all over the TV over the weekend promising to uh, abolish all medical debt. We are introducing legislation that would end all medical debt in this country. And the bottom line is it is an insane and cruel system which says to people that they have to go deeply into debt or go bankrupt. Because of what? Because they came down with cancer or they came down with heart disease or they came down uh, with Alzheimer's or whatever. This is something we're working on and we will introduce. (laughs) Maybe Bernie is uh, watching out for old Joe Biden when he talks about coming down with Alzheimer's, but um you know life is cruel and uh life uh can be unfair there is no doubt about it bernie sanders has got a a government uh policy for all of that so does um most famously elizabeth warren she's got a a policy that's basically going to eliminate every problem known to man but bernie's out there promising to uh Free college tuition, guaranteed job, minimum $15 an hour, going to do away with the energy sector. The The government's just going to take over the whole energy sector. And now he's going to abolish medical debt. And out in California, you've got Gavin Newsom, who's promising um, you know free health care to people regardless of whether they're a uh, an American citizen. And every, each and every Democrat raised their hand on stage that the government-sponsored health care would, in fact, cover illegal aliens. So you wonder, first of all, it, it's amazing what a, an advantage Democrats have in the political arena. They don't have to concern themselves with the little thing we like to call reality. They can just promise everything to everybody and hope that there's enough gullible people in this country to buy into it. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Victor Davis Hanson. Stick with us. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathroom. If you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. 
And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Our nation's leading institutions in government, the courts, and the media have become increasingly incompetent and corrupt and even overtly hostile to our nation's traditions and history. This has left patriotic middle Americans to doubt our nation's future and struggle to understand how we got here and and really wonder if we can indeed make America great again. Our guest today is Victor Davis Hansen. He's a professor emeritus at Cal State Fresno and senior fellow of the Hoover Institution. He's authored a new New York Times bestseller titled The Case for Trump. You can buy the book at Walmart, both online and in their stores. Uh, VDH, in my opinion, is our most articulate and insightful defender of Trump and the deplorables. And we're extremely honored to have him right now. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. Your book makes a very readable argument on why middle America shocked the world and seized on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to elect a true outsider to the presidency. Uh, Speak to that, if you would. Yeah, I don't think people quite recognize what we did in 2016. We elected the first person without either military or political experience that was considered to have no chance of winning the nomination, and if he did, less chance of defeating uh, all of the money and resources of Hillary Clinton, and even less chance of governing effectively, and yet after two years, he's done all three of those. And that is by itself almost a referendum, not just on conventional wisdom, but maybe on the establishment itself, which was not able to obtain 3% GDP in over 10 years or wasn't able to translate strategic uh, tactical victory in Afghanistan or Iraq or Syria or Libya and their strategic advantage or just more or less told us to get used to China taking over the world and that free trade was sacrosanct, even if it wasn't fair. And it kind of written off the interior of the country. And then this guy came in and said, that's establishment quackery. That's not true. We can, our fate's in our hands. And that was very appealing to people, especially where the election was going to be decided in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Wisconsin, Iowa, North Carolina. Well, you know, I'm sort of uh, from uh, that class of people that uh, came to be known as the deplorables. And I remember in the run-up to the election, uh, the circles that I ran in um, never bought into the uh, the notion that uh, Hillary Clinton was going to, you know, just trounce Donald Trump and that he didn't stand a chance. And we weren't that surprised when he won. Did, do you think that they were just deceiving us with her invincibility or if they actually believed that? No, they did believe it. And remember, on the night of the election, the New York Times quoted uh, a variety of analytics and polls across the political spectrum that said he had less than a 10% chance of winning that night. And what saved me is that although I work at the Hoover Institution, I'm around intellectuals and academics. I live on a farm where I'm speaking today out in the San Joaquin Valley. And I noticed things in blue California, that is in the red interior of that state, I saw people that I that had no business voting for Trump. I mean, they were Hispanics. They were middle-class housewives. They were, uh, you name it. They weren't just all uh, working-class, white, disaffected. And they were going to vote for Trump. And I thought to myself, if a third of these people that nobody 
what's going to happen if people like them in key states, whether it's, you know, Wisconsin or Michigan, where it's going to be decided. And then I spent, I teach at Hillsdale College every September, and I noticed that of the three elections I had seen there, uh, the, the 2004, 8, and 12, I had never seen a response of rural Michigan people like that. Uh, you know, you could see bumper stickers, signs. And then when I would report back to people at Stanford who were more uh, qualified as pollsters, uh, very sophisticated pollsters, I might add, I said, something's going on here. The rallies are huge. They're enthusiastic. He's getting stronger. Hillary's getting weaker. Anything that doesn't kill him makes him stronger. They kind of patted me on the head. So I, I thought he could win. I really did. But you're right. I think most people really believed genuinely that he had no chance. And that helped him because, remember, she went down to Georgia and Arizona to, to run up the tally, she thought, and get a mandate while he was like a fox in the, in the hen house poaching uh, these blue states of the Midwest. You know, I see a lot of parallels between you and Trump. You're both accomplished and successful. Uh, he obviously in business and you uh, in academia, but you both sort of come from that muscular uh, tradition of work uh, that you speak about. Uh, he in the construction well, field, and you in agriculture, and you've both swam against the tide of of the um, uh, the cultural and coastal elites. That can't not have made yeah. life easy for you either. Uh, well, you know, it didn't in academia. I mean, I've lost a lot of friends, a lot of people that I knew very well in the East Coast especially, you know, people at National Review, Commentary Magazine, or all of the never-Trumpers I knew well, a lot of my colleagues at Stanford. But it had no effect on where I live and the people that I know and like here in the San Joaquin Valley. And they're very practical people. I grew up with them. So I don't know how to put it, but they didn't – I don't want to sound cynical or crude, but – the academic world doesn't really have anything I want. I mean, I like, I believe in, you know, university instruction and research and all that stuff, but on a day-to-day basis, it really doesn't, I don't really care all that much if somebody in the New York Times doesn't like what I wrote or some scholar says that I've sold out to Trump or somebody in the Bill Crystal group calls me a Nazi. I mean, I get angry, I reply to it, but in the day-to-day life, I don't, I mean, we don't, my wife and I, we, we don't, have friends and cocktail circuit. We just go to the local diner and we have people who are farming. Most of our friends are probably Mexican American that grew up with me. So it, it, they had nothing I wanted to be quite blunt about it. Well, if uh, Bill Crystal's not saying bad things about you, you know, you're doing something wrong, but, um, <laughs> you know, I understand. There's a logic to that. I, yeah, oh, no I doubt. I understand why uh, the ruling elites despise Trump. You know, he he sort of betrayed them. Uh, he provokes them by skewering their sacred cows. Uh, but how did they so come to despise middle America? They seem to be, you know, uh, from Hillary Clinton's deplorables content, which uh, middle America wears as a badge of honor now. Uh, but there's been sort of a, a, a war on uh, middle America and our histories and traditions that seems to have escaped uh, from the campuses. Yeah, you know, that, that's a large part of the book, and it wasn't just the deplorable, it predated that. You remember it was, my gosh, it was Peter Strzok saying that Walmart stunk in his text to Lisa Page. It was uh, Obama with the clingers. It was John McCain with the crazies. 
And I think it, it was two reasons. One was they really felt that globalization had hollowed out and it had to lot the industrial manufacturing sector. And then they confused cause and effect. And they thought, well, because these people are not doing well, they either deserve their fate or they're not doing well because it's their own fault. And the idea that Chinese asymmetrical trade or trade with Asia, Europe, Europe was not symmetrical. They just didn't buy into it, but they blame the victims, so to speak. And then second, as you allude to, they, they don't, they've never been to Bakersfield. They've never been to Youngstown. They don't know people in this area of the Midwest. They, they're granite counters or wood floors. They're arugula. Their table grates, their wine, they don't know the people who produce that or truck it into the cities. And they have kind of a benign contempt for them. And so then they bought into this change. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's benign contempt or not, uh, Professor. I heard one of the um, luminaries in the never Trump world uh, ridicule deplorables for having bad teeth and he seemed totally unaware yeah, no they did that well, it was mr caputo at cnn you're absolutely right he's he was at a rally and he pointed to a person so that person has more teeth than everybody i don't mean benign in the, in their intent you're absolutely right there's a viciousness about the intent but what i meant was i don't think it has uh it doesn't have a great effect and we've learned that for all it take the example of the never trumpers for all that vitriol Trump got the same percentage of Republican voters as did McCain and Romney. So what I meant by benign is that it wasn't able to hurt Trump. And maybe with the independent voter, maybe not. It doesn't mean that they weren't they didn't intend to hurt him, but they really showed the country they're pretty irrelevant. And this demography of destiny that Obama pushed and Hillary did that were identity politics and were uh, tribal and the way we look superficially is who we are, not the content of our character. And the white middle class is doomed. You know, when you, you read all this, white privilege, white privilege, then you look at the actual demographics, it's still a 70% white country. And if you're going to demonize the 70% majority, you've got to figure a way out to win. And Hillary inherited all of the downside from Obama, the, uh, you know, alienating the so-called clingers that she rebranded the deplorables, but she didn't inherit the upside because she was not able to get the minority vote to resonate to her in a way that another minority did, Obama. And so that's a Democrat's dilemma right now. How do we either restore some of the working white class, and I don't think this current agenda is going to do it, or how do we get record minority turnout and solidarity to vote for people like Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders or Beto who are leading currently in the polls. Meanwhile, Trump is like a fox. He's in their hen house and he's poaching Hispanic voters. He's poaching black voters. He's poaching Midwestern voters. And uh, I don't get where they think now they're going to defeat Trump in 2020 since they haven't learned anything. Well, they seem to think they can just uh, uh, buy the votes with promises, empty promises. I think most people would recognize, um, you know, for socialism and free stuff. But I, I do want to touch on one thing, uh, you know, this whole idea of deplorables. I wrote an article uh, for American Thinker that uh, was titled Deplorable, Just Unjustly uh, Deplored. And Michael Caputo's comments was were just... Um, illustrative to me I, I know some of these people that have got bad teeth they don't have bad teeth because they want to it's because they're spending uh all their money you know trying to put a roof over their head and food on the table 
um, with the meager uh, wages that have been left by globalization. And these people are so unaware of what their um, coastal um, prescriptions have done to the middle of the country um, that they, they feel emboldened to just insult them and degrade them. These are these people who no, insult the earth. Right. You're right, and even their diagnosis was wrong. When that came out, when I was sitting with an academic from Britain at Stanford. He had far worse teeth than anybody I've seen out here in the San Joaquin Valley. <laughs> and then when you have people like Melinda Byerly, a CEO, who said that these were garbage people, their roads are full of ruts, their schools are bad, and she's riding from Palo Alto, and if anybody's ever driven in Menlo Park and Palo Alto city roads, they're terrible. And the, and the public schools are being abandoned by the left. They've all sent their kids to new prep schools. And so everything that she indicted, uh, middle America, and when I go to the Midwest, and I do it often, and I see these small communities, I know they're hurting economically, but the people are kind, they're generous, they, they take pride in their communities. And when I go to California, where I live, when I go to big cities, I, I don't I see homeless people. I, I was in San Diego not long ago. There's signs warning about a tuberculosis outbreak. There's a typhus outbreak in Los Angeles. Uh, where I live, where I work at Stanford University, when I commute from my farm, uh, there's homeless people in Winnebago's who park along the Stanford campus. So I don't get the arrogance about their communities that they're so much more stable, and yet they have all the advantages that came in through globalization. Yet culturally and sociologically and politically, they're pretty medieval. There's a wealthy class and then there's a, a subservient uh, class that cooks their food, mows their lawn, changes their kids' diapers, whereas in the mid Middle West, you see, a, even though it's under economic assault, it's oh. traditions of middle-class solidarity are much stronger. You mentioned the Middle Ages there. You're a, a professor of the classics, uh, a doctor, um, I I see certain parallels between uh, where we are now and um, the Dark Ages after the fall of Rome. Um, these uh, seem to be, the current Dark Ages seem to be based on leftist pathologies, uh, you know, that are designed to deny reality and send us into some sort of alternate universe. Do you see parallels between... Um, uh, today and the dark ages and can we hope for a renaissance yeah i do because uh we're not emphasizing learning there's this ideology in the dark age it was the collapse of civilization and we're seeing that as well but when you don't have a middle class and you have this very wealthy global elite and then you have a subsidized poor and then the middle class is ridiculed for not having the romance of the poor but it doesn't have the quote-unquote, culture of the wealthy. So it's demonized, and it's under assault. And they're usually the stewardship stewards of, you know, local schools, hospitals, PTA, Little League. And when you wipe them out, or you try to wipe them out, then you get into a two-society, dark-age society. And, and then when people don't believe in learning anymore, so if you go to a university, the catalogs today are ethnic studies, peace studies, environmental studies, black studies, women's studies, but they're not you know, the civil war, or they're not Kant, or they're not civics, uh, Span Spanish literature. They're not how to, you know, civics, or they're not forensics and speaking. And th the result is we're turning out these Alexandria, you know, Ocasio-Cortez-like honor students that really don't know anything about history. 
and they're just ideological, and they just they're arrogant, but they're ignorant. And it's starting to filter through the society, as you know, when you get on an airliner or you get on a train or you go to the local Department of Motor Vehicle, you get the impression that the sophisticated society doesn't have enough competent people to run it anymore. And uh, it seems like it's getting worse and worse. It's hard to believe uh, listening to her that uh, uh, Alexandria uh, Cortez has a economics degree from Boston University. It seems like that uh, that institution ought to hang its head in shame. In the short time we have left, in the short time we have left, um, I I know uh, you grew up in the Central Valley there in California, and you continue to work the family farm. Uh, I was out in California in the 80s, and, um, you know, in that time, the Golden State truly was the Golden State. Uh, had free college tuition. Uh, jobs were plentiful. Uh, the place was clean. There was very little in the way of homelessness or, you know, and crime was under control. Uh, has the decline of the Golden State that you grew up in shaped your worldview, and do you see it as a cautionary tale for the rest of America? I do, because... It was caused really by the global wealth that poured into Hollywood finance and especially Facebook, Apple, Google, you know, and what it made, we created a class and that's where all the universities are, Caltech, UCLA, Stanford, USC, Berkeley. It created an elite that was never subject to the ramifications of their own ideology because they had so such wealth. So 27% of our state were not born in the United States and we have the highest uh, poverty rate of all the states. We have the highest gas taxes, highest income taxes, highest power costs. And what you're seeing is that a lot of people had all of these utopian ideas that they either had so much wealth to, uh, to get around them or to, even if they had to pay all of these taxes and astronomical uh, housing costs, they didn't really care because they were so wealthy. But it just, it just hollowed out the middle class. We had 4 million people leave. And then they thought that was great because they didn't like them. And they brought in people from Asia and Mexico, many of them illegally. And the idea was, well, these people can serve us. They can cut our lawns, be our nannies. And then we're going to patronize them and say we're for open borders. But our own kids are going to go to these new prep schools along the California Coastal Corridor. And we're going to have, we don't want walls on the border, but we're going to have walls. We want to cut off water to farming, but not from Hetchetchy for domestic water for San Francisco. So, they're, that's what the I think we have to remember that about socials. They're usually very wealthy people, and it's about power, and they never expect to have to suffer along with the people who's uh, who's the result of their own policies. They have ways of getting around it. And they're very arrogant, and they just they always hate the middle class, and that's I, what California is. It's a war in the middle class. I noticed that your new governor, Gavin Newsom, is uh, planning a trip to El Salvador to try to address the refugee crisis where people are fleeing that failed state uh, from gang violence and government corruption. And I, I wondered why is he going to El Salvador for that? Because the middle class refugees are fleeing California in droves because of gang violence and government corruption. Gang violence and government corruption is absolutely right. The California DMV is just admitted that uh, people were buying appointments and then selling, they were selling appointments for people because you can't get in there unless you have an appointment. They were, those were on a market being sold. The DMV chief admitted that the illegal alien ballots were mixed with legal residents uh, for motor voter registration. And, you know, we have this 
$100 billion fiasco called high-speed rail that's been canceled for the most part. And you just it just goes on and on and on. And we had a vote harvesting that, that really took seven congressional seats from Republicans who had won on election day. And so the whole, the whole state's uh, rationale is that we are so moral and we're so committed to social justice and equality result the means necessary that end are, are justified, even if they're illegal or unethical. And that's the state. I mean, it, it's a beautiful state. It's one of the most beautiful place to grow up on that fifth generation. And I'm speaking from a, the same house that my great-great-grandmother built in 1870. And to see the state unwind, it's it's tragic. It makes you want to fight, but it also makes you want to leave. It's, it's schizophrenic, the, the reaction to it. It truly is uh, tragic. The light out in California and the geography is just fabulous. And uh, it's a shame that um, uh, that it's fallen into the hands of um, what appears to be, to me, at least cultural Marxist. Dr. Yeah, Hansen. That's a good description. Of- go ahead, sir. No, go ahead. Thank you for having me on today. I appreciate it. No, I, I very much appreciate your time. Victor Davis Hansen is author of the New York Times bestseller, The Case for Trump. You can get the book at walmart.com or in the stores. And this is really a must read for any thoughtful Trump supporter. Professor Hanson, thank you again so much for for being with us and for this book. And I hope you'll come back and join us on right now. Yeah, I will. Thank you for having me. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Well, that was a great honor to have Victor Davis Hanson on the show. And, um... As I said, I think he is probably the most insightful and thoughtful of um, of the writers today on how Donald Trump rose to be this black swan president and um, a, a real redeemer of the, deplor- the deplorables that so much of the elites and academia seem to uh, hold in contempt. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.